Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. We are in Luke chapter 13 this evening, Luke chapter 13, a message titled, The Narrow Way. What a beautiful thing. What, what good news, right? What good news? It's not about keeping all these rules. And so these Gentiles will be saved. That's what Jesus is saying here. Verse 30, and indeed, the, the, the last will be who will be first, and there are first who will be last. Now you remember the parable that Jesus gives on, on this same subject in Matthew chapter 20, probably. It's the one where the owner of the vineyard, he goes out to hire workers, and goes out at the beginning of the day, first hour of the day, probably six o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, or just really early, he goes out, he finds these guys standing there and they're wanting to be hired, so he hires them to work in the vineyard. Then he goes out in the third hour and he hires more guys. And he goes out in the sixth hour, he hires more guys. He, and he goes out in the twelfth hour, or eleventh hour rather. Finally, the last hour of the day is only one more hour to work. He, he hires a bunch of guys who have been standing around all day. And they all work. Those guys work an hour. Everybody else worked all day long in the heat of the sun so hard. And he pays the guys who came in last first. And he gives them a denarius, an entire day's wage. Could you imagine working an hour and getting a day's wage? That's what happens to my boys when they work these days. They go out, they work. People pay them ridiculous money. I don't know why. But I, I, there's a guy who hired my boys. He, he's paying him $20 an hour. That same guy hired me just a few years back. Pay me 10 bucks an hour. I'm like, wait, I'm a full-grown man. These are punks, you know? Paying them that kind of money, it's, it's crazy. But that's the kind of thing, and that's what these people did. They, they're like, what? How come you're paying them a full day's wage? And they're thinking, wow, we're going to get a great, man, can you imagine how much we're, we work 12 times as long. You, can you imagine how much we're going to make? And then what does he pay them? A full day's wage, the same thing. And they're like, wait, no fair. He's like, didn't you agree to work for a full day's wage? Well, yeah. Well, then that's fair, isn't it? Just because I want to bless them doesn't mean that I've robbed you. And that's what he, he's saying. It doesn't matter. It's not about you or how long you've been a Christian or how hard you've worked as a Christian. It doesn't matter that you're, you're, you've been laboring on the mission field, you know, risking your life, or you just got saved on your deathbed before you died. You still get to be a child of the kingdom and you still get to enter into glory. And guess what? Jesus loves you just like all the children. And, you're, and everybody gets to be saved who will call upon the name of Jesus Christ. And, and so it is for you, and so it is for me. We can't save ourselves. Jesus came to this earth to save you, and all you have to do is reach out your hand spiritually and put your trust in him. Say, okay, yes. And he will grab you and save you when you put your trust in him. Verse 30 went on that very day, some Pharisees came to him saying, get out and depart from here for Herod wants to kill you. So this is a strange transition. All, the, all of a sudden these Pharisees, all concerned for Jesus, 
You know, <laughs> Jesus, you better watch out. Run for your life. Herod's coming for you. Or maybe they just want to get rid of him, or maybe they want Jesus to slander Herod so they can get him in trouble, and, you know, Herod will want to kill him. I don't know. But he says in verse 32, he said to them, Go tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today, tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. So Jesus calls Herod a fox. It's hard to say if that's derogatory. We, we don't really see Jesus call people a lot of names in, in the Gospels. We, we do know that when Jesus stood before Herod, that he wouldn't even say anything to him. Like he refused to speak at all. In, in fact, he never showed disdain for anybody that we know of in the Gospels as much as he did for Herod. Now he would talk to the Pharisees and the scribes and he'd tell them that they were a brood of vipers or that they were whatever, I mean, I guess that was John the Baptist, but he would, t- he would tell them that they were, that, that they were wrong. You know, he would, he would confront them, call them hypocrites. But he calls Herod a fox. Now, whether that's a, a, a slander or not, maybe that was, you know, we use that today. You know, he's sly as a fox. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, it's funny because the word actually is feminine. It's vixen in, in the Greek. But, you know, we, we use that term sometimes to say, oh, man, that was, you know, that was, that was you're, you're, you know, you're, you're sure a fox. You know, you sure got through that quick, you know, slick, you know, look at you, you know. Sometimes we use it as a derogatory term, you know, as somebody who's crafty or, you know, dishonest. Back in the 80s, 70s, and maybe it was the 80s, I don't know if the 70s, but in the 80s, a fox was somebody who was good looking. Boy, she's a fox. You remember that, those days? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's hard to say what, what the colloquialism was in their day, but either way, Jesus is saying, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of his threats. And he, and he gives some veiled reference to his resurrection. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing today and tomorrow, and the third day I'll be perfected. Interesting. Then he, then he does again, verse 33, Nevertheless, I must journey today, tomorrow, and the day following. So he keeps giving these references to three days, right? For it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. That's, that's interesting that Jesus would say that. Something that they couldn't deny. I mean, how many, how many prophets had been killed in Jerusalem by the Jewish people. And and so in verse 34, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, and assuredly I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so Jesus prophesies over Jerusalem, and it's because they were not willing to be rescued by the Savior. When they came to them, they should have known the time, they should have known the way. There were so many prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus, and yet because they would not receive him in his visitation, And could you imagine all these prophets, all these years, pointing forward, saying, look for the Messiah, look for the Messiah, look for the Messiah, and they gave them so many signs and so many pointers, and then when Jesus came, just like the prophecy said he would, they weren't ready, they they completely rejected him. But that's true for a lot of people. Jesus comes to them, and, and there's so many pointers, there's so many things saying, you know, you need to receive Jesus. There's so many people, so many warnings. And, and so many people do. They come. They, they yield. But then so many still don't. 
And so he started out this chapter warning that they would be killed or crushed if they didn't repent. And here, once again, Jesus prophesies over the city of Jerusalem about the destruction that will come in 70 AD when Titus will come with his legions of armies and surround the city and level the city, which they did. And some of the Jews standing there who would not repent would be killed in that day. He says, you're not going to receive me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's what's going to happen as Israel is saved during that last seven-year period. And I believe it's at the beginning, all all the pointers point that it's towards the beginning of the seven years that Israel will be saved. By the middle of the tribulation, or before the great tribulation, they will be listening to Jesus and fleeing to the mountains. And he's going to preserve them there for three and a half years. And then Jesus will return. And that's where they're going to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're They're going to proclaim the victory that their Messiah is coming back, that Jesus is coming back. But the question is, what about us? Do we want to be rescued or are we going to be stubborn? Are we going to stubbornly carry ourselves through and say, I can do it on my own? The biggest enemy of saved is good. Do you realize that? The biggest enemy of saved is good. I'm a good person or no, I'm good. And isn't that the, the case? Whenever you come to, with somebody with the gospel, you say, Jesus died for your sins. You know, he wants you to, to be his child. He wants to save you. Just admit you're a sinner. No, I'm a good person. Now, I remember actually thinking that when I was a kid, you know, 16. I remember when I first started working at Albertsons, nobody offered me stock. But I was working at Albertsons as a, as a bag boy, not a box boy, but a bag boy. And I remember thinking that about myself. Well, I'm a good person. I'll probably go to heaven because I'm a good person. But then after I got into the crowd that worked at Albertsons, which weren't really great people, they kind of bad influences these guys that were working there, the other box boys and such, I started to think, man, I'm not such a good person. In fact, I'm doing a lot of things that make me like, you know, things I like to do, but they're making me feel worse and worse about myself. I have more and more regrets. I have more and more, you know, things in my life that I do that I, I know are not right. And, and, and at first I was saying that, you know, I'm a good person. Then I was like, ah, no, I'm good. As my Christian friends would come around me and, hey, do you want to go to the youth group with me? Or do you want to go to my, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Until there was no good left in me and I finally surrendered myself to Jesus. Because hell is filled with a lot of good people. People who are, I'm good. Or I think I'm a good person. Heaven's filled with those types of people who wouldn't want to be rescued, or who wouldn't want to be saved. But let's not be like that. Amen? Let's stand. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho. Till the very moment when I come home, I'll sing.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.